Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes of the Mice. My name is John. That's Ian. Hey everybody. It is episode 85, Battle Bond Tested, Guild Approved. Yeah, uh, there, there's a reason why that last one's there. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, we will. We're going to talk about Battlebond previews, because uh, by the time this should be up, the full set gallery should be up, uh, but we're going to talk about a few of the previews that excited us um, for both Two at a Giant Play and otherwise. Uh, also, there was an announcement day that happened uh, last week that we're going to talk about as well. But first, we're going to look our eyes to the community real quick. Uh, two things are going on that are kind of exciting right now. Uh, one, the Uncommon Cube uh, by Ali Medwin is up on Magic Online. I've heard it's really awesome. Yeah, I've seen nothing, but I have not gotten a chance to draft it yet. Life's been crazy. Moving stuff, prepping things, set making buy lists to sell cards. <laughs> uh, but I've seen nothing but praise for this. People are ranking it like higher than the Legacy Cube. Yeah, it's like you've been ranking as of like Vintage Cube, Uncommon Cube, Legacy Cube. I'm like, dang. That's some high praise because those are considered, those are like, some of the best in cubes people you know base their own off of them but i'm excited to try it i probably will give it a shot here maybe before it goes away next week but that said yeah but the other thing we have down yeah this is my this is my thing is that yes. on the 23rd double checking and yes 23rd of june if you live in the seattle area there are currently 68 tickets left for the canadian highlander tournament at Mock Seattle. Yes, kids, it's coming to Seattle. Uh, <laughs> that said, I believe it's called There Can Only Be One, eh? Canadian oh, Highlander Tournament. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So the things about this are that there will be – so no proxies are allowed. So unfortunately, you have to actually own the cards. But Gold Border is, which means you can use your collector's edition cards. The prize pot is pretty spicy. We'll include a link to it there. So if you're in the Seattle area and want to play some Canlander, I already know of a couple people from Victoria that are coming down. I know Jeremy White's going to be coming down. I'll be playing in it. Lindsay's going to be playing in it. Uh, this, I believe, will be her first ever constructed tournament. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, Canlander, Seattle. It's happening. End of June. Yeah. See there. I mean, also, I believe in uh, Victoria, where the formula is popularized, uh, Gold Border is already legal anyways, so that's not a huge departure with uh, Mox Boarding House allowing it, so. Oh, absolutely, yeah. This is just kind of kind of spooling up to that um, thing. So, decklists are required. Oh, price structure. 250 for first, 150 for second, $100 for third and fourth, 50 for eighth, fifth through eighth, and if they have over 55 players, ninth through 16th get 25, all in store credit. It's comp REL, so because of that, you know, nice. it's, it's weird. But it's not a sanctioned event, so you're not going to get Planeswalker points because it's you know, Canadian Highlander and they're having proxies. But come on out, have fun, and it's great. We'll put a link to it, the event, in the yeah. notes. Also, hashtag not an ad. Oh, well, actually, yeah, because I had, like, I just want to bring it up also because I had, like, 12 tabs, I think, of, like, recent Jeskai and Red Green aggro decks open. <laughs> just to see what has been done since the last time I actually updated my deck list was, and there were a couple updates I needed to make. Yeah. Oops. There might be a few Battlebond cards you'll want for it, but we'll get to that in a sec. Because there were a lot of announcements that uh, happened. Uh, some of them we can talk about really quickly. Uh, a few of the others, uh, there are other people who are better qualified than us who went ad nauseum about some of these decisions. Um, so... The, t the the quick things that um, we can talk about that don't really need us, you can go listen to like Evan Irwin's rant from Magic Mike's or many other people about this. Uh, the China-focused Planeswalker decks have Zhang Yanggu and Mulan Ying. There you go. There we go. Got there. Um, they are basically Planeswalker decks, except they are um, Chinese-themed, obviously, based off of the names. Uh, the, the cards aren't super powerful. Uh, Mulan Ying... Mulan Ying, jeez, I am terrible at this. Uh, her ultimate's really powerful. It's like minus ten. Tap all creatures your your opponent's control. Take an extra turn after this one. Yep, uh, really spicy. Uh, however, <laughs> Jan the is the best. Jang is the best one because he's got a pupper. He does have a pup up. Uh, they come out June twenty second. Oh, um, there. But so they're legal in Legacy and Vintage and EDH. Cool, whatever. All Magic cards are not going to be modern legal. Not modern legal. Uh, are legal in mainland China, in standard. Yeah. 
So a little awkward in terms, if you know anything about geopolitical stuff, that it's gets a little, a little, little awkward. It's a little awkward. We're not going to get into it. Uh, also, uh, to unpopular demand by some, uh, the Biobox promos continue for Core 2019 as well as the Fall set that we're going to talk about here in a second. Look, I um, never, I never got the ones for a Dominaria. I never bought a box, but it was a rousing success with stores, and that's who it was for. <laughs> and you know what? If it gave us a really cool card design for Boros that hadn't really had an aggro, all the Boros commanders had always basically been ag- uh, aggro based. This is a spell based one. People were happy about it. If we see more stuff like that, cool. Yeah. However, the first time that there's one of those that becomes constructed playable, then we get to riot. But anyways. Or or if it's just a straight bad one and everyone's just like, why are you doing this? Then it's like, eh, whatever. We'll see. It, yeah. It's cool. I like that they're trying it out for more sets. They're like, okay, it worked once. Let's see let's see how it keeps going. It's a slow rollout. They're not like, it's not going to be permanent. It's two sets. It'll be fine. But we now know the location of the next three sets after Core 2019. Unless you were uh, a huge Vorthos and already had a good inkling. All signs pointed to Ravnica being where we're going to be for fall 2019, or fall 2018, winter 2019, as well as spring 2019. Uh, Surprise! October, there's three sets. Surprise! Um, October 5th is Guilds of Ravnica, which is a large set that will have the Selesnia, Boros, Golgari, Izzet, and Demir guilds represented. Uh, the January 2019 set is Ravnica Allegiance, featuring the other five guilds, Azorius, Rakdos, Gruul, Simic, and Orzov. And then the Spring 2019 set, which we don't have a name for yet, we'll probably get that um, right around when Guilds of Ravnica comes out, I'm guessing. Uh, we don't know its name. However, it should be the uh, penult- penultimate chapter of the Bolas storyline for the Gatewatch. As as Watsi had in their article, it is... We return to one of Magic's favorite planes, and the long, boiling war with Nicol Bolas reaches its crescendo. So it is... The climax. Yes. Uh, fun thing is, from the looks of what everyone, all that's come out about guilds and allegiance so far, is that it's kind of going to be a catch-up between... It's kind of like a, hey, what's been going on? The story so far kind of thing on Ravnica since, you know, we left after, you know, we see, we see Jace bouncing in and out in some of the stories and stuff, but this is going to be like, hey, let's get everybody back up to speed. What has been going on on the plane? It's been, what, six years? It's been about six years every time we've been to Ravnica. Ravnica, So so, so, as the timeline goes, Ravnica City of Guilds came out. Uh, After that was Time Spiral. After that was Lorwyn. After that was Alara. After that was Zendikar. Uh, after that was Innistrad, after, no, after that was Nufrexia, after that was Innistrad, after that was Return to Ravnica. So that was about six years. Yeah, and then we've had then basically, it was, yeah. Uh, Theros, Khans yeah. of Tarkir, Battle for Zendikar. Uh, I'm only counting false sets, by the way. Um, Kaladesh, Ixalan, Guilds of Ravnica. Okay, I was about to say, because there's, yeah, we missed, we skipped the whole second I, like I said, I was, I was only, Yeah, yeah, I was yeah because, because of the fall thing. Yeah, I was about to be like, okay, thanks for the clarification, because I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. We good. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's yeah, been about it's, five, six years each time, which is yeah. the right amount. And I just, we wanted to kind of bring this up. We're going to move off of this and go to talking about Battlebond, because, oh my god. People who, the more enfranchised players are like, oh, we're already going back to Ravnica? It's like, dude, it's been six years plus. John and I both like, to, to give you an example, John and I both were not playing again when R- Return to Ravnica Block was out. Yeah, it was in Standard when we started playing again, but we were not there for experiencing RTR, Triple RTR Block, or, or Triple yeah. RTR Draft, and all that kind of stuff. That was before our time. Like, like my, first, my, first draft set, my first draft set was M- M14. Like, I've drafted um, full block RTR. It wasn't good. I've drafted RTR about three times and i've drafted gate crash like twice so and and it's just a case of like look we just be quiet everybody and just let people there ever since rtr and innistrad came out like magic has just grown exponent has grown massively since then and there is an entire generation of magic players who has never been to the plane just let's have let's have some fun all right yeah like, experiencing a set in Standard is not quite the same as experiencing it as it's coming out and seeing the spoiler season. Like, when Ian and I were, were first seeing, like, Theros, it was being couched with all the knowledge of 
what was already in Return to Ravnica. And so we already knew what was good in RTR. We already knew what was good in Gatecrash. We already knew what was good, aka Voice of Resurgence in Dragon's Maze. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I came back right around like the time M14 was con- like I think it was already being played. I think my first event was the M14 pre-release. I have to go back and check my Planeswalker thing because it'll probably show it there. But yeah, like, I'm regardless. pretty sure Theros was my first like actual pre-release. I blame Lur for it. Yeah, cool. Either way, don't be a dick. Yeah, let, let people enjoy long. things. That uh, said, also, oh yeah, oh, this is a big thing. Uh, so each of these sets, guilds, allegiance, as well as the third set, um, they are a block. However, they are not being. They are each set is being drafted independently. So you're going to draft triple guilds, you're going to draft triple allegiance, then you're going to draft triple whatever the third set is. Triple bolus Fs the plane up. Anyway. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) We'll see what it looks like. Bolus bolus block bashing. uh, Whatever. This is, yeah, it's not even really a block. It's it's individual sets, kind of like Dominaria, and everyone's just like, I'll I'll admit, I, I kind of was like, ugh. It's like... Dominaria set two was sacrificed at the altar of core twenty nineteen, but whatever. If it was, it was. If it wasn't, I'm not privy to that stuff. I don't work at Watsy. It's fine. I'm happy. I'm honestly happy the core sets are back. That's cool. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Core sets are always a nice um, palette cleanser. They're a great place for Something reprints. That I sorely missed. You know, it's also a great place for reprints. Um, <laughs> draft sets like Battle Bond. Yeah, yeah. That so, supplementary product, yo. Battle Bond, um, so we are, we knew Battle Bond was going to be picante. We knew it was going to be real. I don't real know. Spicy. I don't know if it was. I don't know if saying picante off the bat was going to be a thing. It was going to be an interesting thing because whenever something is specifically designed with two headed giant in mind, that's intriguing. Yeah, it's like you had my curiosity, and then we see the cards, and it's like now you have my attention. Yes, absolutely. And there's stuff to love from like all sides of magic here like the flavor that is on this plane is it's just dripping with flavor uh the the cards in here some really cool cards there are also some ridiculous reprints that it's about freaking time yeah um so there i did put a link to the mechanics article in the in the doobly doo so if you want to go check out uh read matt tabak's um amazing snarky comments about the mechanics uh, you can go ahead and do that. We'll try to go over a few of them when they become relevant. Uh, and the first card that I want to talk about is actually the first card on the uh, preview gallery right now, which is Regna the Redeemer. Uh, she is five and a white for a legendary creature, Angel, at rare. She's a four, four flyer, as angels are wont to do. And it says, at the beginning of, of each end step, if your team, so you and your two at a giant partner, because remember, that's the whole kind of modus operandi for this entire set is two at a giant play. Uh, create two one one white warrior creature tokens, but she also has this line of text that says "partner with Krav the Unredeemed." Ian, so, what does Krav the Unredeemed do? So Krav the Unredeemed is a four and a black legendary creature demon. It's a three three who has partner with Regna the Redeemer. But Krav is a little hungry. Oh, because he also has black sa- and black and sacrifice X creatures. Target player draws X cards and gains X life. Put X. Plus one, plus one counters on Krav the Unredeemed. He a hungry boy. <laughs> yeah. So the partner text um, is basically an extension of the uh, 2016 commander product, where partner basically said, if you have these two legends, they can both act as your commander. However, this is specifically saying that you can use Regna the Redeemer as your commander because she is legendary. But you can also play Krav the Unredeemed as your, as your commander. And you can play them both together, but not with any other partner pairs. Which is an interesting kind of extension of the partner mechanic. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool and definitely nice for um, two edge giant. Oh, something we should note here. So this is was kind of thing brought up. So it has partner with Krav the Unredeemed, right? And Krav has partner with Ragna. Any card with partner, and Gavin Verhey, we'll put a link to Gavin's um, tweet thread about this and how the packs are sorted. That anything with partner will have that partner card in the pack. And you can only have one partner pair per pack. Correct. Um, which is relevant because here's here's your two-headed giant draft lesson, kids. Um, so in two-headed giant, for Battlebond specifically, it's four packs for draft, six packs for sealed. 
Uh, however, when you draft two at a giant, you and your partner will sit next to one another with three other teams. You will then open a pack. You will then, as a team, take two cards out of that pack and then pass the rest of the pack, which would then have 12 cards in it, to your left. And you will do- repeat that process for all four packs, passing left, right, left, right. So, if you open a partner pair, like Ragna and Krav, your team can go ahead and put both of them down, and then they are part of your pool. Uh, so, and how the card, how the packs are seated with this, according to Gavin, are the second partner always kicks out an uncommon. So if you have two uncommon partners, you'll have three uncommons. If you have two rare mythic partners, your pack will have two uncommons and two rares and mythics. If you open foil partners, the partner will also be foil. So you have two foils in a pack, so you can slam that extra value. Yeah. If you oil foil rare mythic partners, you get a normal rare mythic in your pack as well. But it can't be a partner, because you can but only can't get one be partner, partner per pack. So the example you use is you can use say you get a spicy rare and I'm not I can't say the cards he actually used because we haven't talked about them yet, but you can get a foil Ragnar and Krav and a spicy rare. So here here's a reprint that we I don't have on the list. Mind's Eye. It's a rare artifact. It's great in commander, it's five mana, whatever an opponent draws a card, you can pay one if you do a draw a card. You could open a mind's eye and then you could open a foil Ragnar and Krav. Yeah. As an example. So, and if, and the, op- and the thing is for foil partners, if you do, they will replace one common and one uncommon. So the partner replaces the common and the foil replaces, or the partner replaces the uncommon and the foil replaces the common, but to have both, you have to take, have both foil, have to take them out. It's weird, but it works. We'll put it in the notes. The math works out. Um, now, Regna and Krav have some really interesting things going on with them. Specifically, it appears that we have an angel and a demon that are kinda in love. Kinda? Bruh. <laughs> just a little bit. Bruh. Alright, just, so just a little bit. We got the first card, which was actually called Regna's Sanction. Mm-hmm. So three and white sorcery for each player choose friend or foe. Each friend puts a plus one plus one counter on each creature they control. Each foe chooses one untapped creature they control and then taps the rest. It's great to just be like, lol, got him. But the card's name is to get, or the flavor for that one is from Krav, saying, show them the light, my love. The card's called Regna's Sanction. And then yeah. we got a card the next day called Together Forever with Ragnar and Krav basically doing the, the guild watch thing and each other touching each other's hands. It's a, it's a white, white enchantment when Together Forever enters the battlefield, support too. That's right, kids, support is back. Yeah. Reminder text. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. It also has one, or pay one. Choose target creature with a counter on it. When that creature dies this turn, return that card to its owner's hand. Great way to just, like, dump counters on everything for, like, counter matters decks and stuff like that. And then just, like, swing wildly with them. Can be like, alright, cool. (laughs) Get in. Yeah. So... These are cards. There's also there's a cycle of the friend or foe cards. There are there's one other that I have on the list that we're going to talk about later that I really like. And then together forever uh, is real spicy. I think it's going to be real fun. Um, a lot. Okay, a lot of these cards I think are going to be real front or real fun in group hug and commander. Just putting that out there. Oh yeah, for sure. Like this set is. We'll explain why at the very end, but I have a section that literally just says EDH masters. <laughs> you put your commander masters in my draft product. You yeah, put your right. draft product to my Commander Masters. Uh, weird. Weird. Very weird. weird indeed. So, Ian, um, let's talk about a, a card that I don't think they meant to make a cycle of, and now they're almost priced into doing it with Arena Rector. Yeah, so Arena Rector <laughs> um, of the Rector cycle, basically, is a three and a white, one, two, human cleric. When Arena Rector dies, you may exile it. If you do, search your library for a Planeswalker card. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. That's right, kids. It cheats Planeswalker mana cost and puts it right onto the battlefield. This is a uh, kind of a pseudo reprint of, of Academy Rector, which is same mana cost, same creature types, same power and toughness, and same effect, except it gets enchantments. Now, people now are like, Academy Rector. Yeah, people are like, enchantments are a little more busted because they've had the entirety of magic to fall back upon busted enchantments. But, John, take it away about Planeswalkers. So, um, cool thing with Arena Rector is that you can get things like Ugin, Nicol Bolas, Nicol Bolas got Pharaoh, 
uh, Garrick Apex Predator. Like, there's already people who are who've been toying Karn. around Carns, yeah. Who's ready for twelve Carn in Legacy? I don't think that's actually a real deck. Don't you, try there's it, only, but I don't think it is. I was gonna say there's only eight, but then I'm like, oh wait, there's Carn Silver Golem, the actual pre Planeswalker Carn. There <laughs> is Carn Silver Golem, but I was talking about Arena Rector being your twelve. Anyways, yeah, um, I got so you. Arena Rector is very very powerful. Um, how good it is in like older formats will vary. Will depend explicitly on the play of graveyard hate cards like Cough, Deathrite Shaman, Cough. Um, but because yeah, DRS kind of hoses this pretty pretty hard. So, but it's a very very a very very hype card, a very very exciting card. Um, I, hear, I think I this is the pairs well with Flash. Pairs well with Flash. I also think that this is probably the most tame Rector that they could print. Yes. Because Creature Rector would be way too good, also wouldn't really be white. Um, only other Rector they could feasibly print uh, would be Artifact Rector, and I think that's more busted than Enchantment Rector. Tinker says what up? Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously, that's just like Tinker on a creature. Yeah. And Tinker's yeah. busted. Yeah, Tinker is Mark Rosewater's most busted card he's ever made. Yeah, Mark, basically. why you do this? Mark- the art's amazing, though. Art's great. All, all the art in the set is a little weird, a little different. Well, I, meant, I meant the art for Tinker, but yeah, the art for this one's cool. Oh, yeah. It's like... It's hard to explain. The, the art direction in this entire set is is interesting. I do like that it's very cohesive, though. That is it's, that is, is one thing that I like. Quite great, but yeah, Arena Rector is a heck of a card and definitely made a huge spot. People are definitely looking to put this in... I've already seen people making builds for Legacy Nick Fit. Yep. Which are ones that base off of another card we'll be talking about a little bit later. Actually, I'm just going to say it now. A, a veteran Explorer got a reprint yep. as well. Yep. Um, veteran Explorer is the one in a green. No, it's a, I think it's just green. It's one, green 1-1. One, no, no. one. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Green 1-1. One, one, uh, human Soldier Scout. Mm-hmm. Interesting text line. Or, type line there. Uh, when Veteran Explorer dies, each player may search their library for up to two basic land cards and put them on the battlefield. Then each player who searches library this way shuffles it. Uh, last so reprinted Nick, 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 in Commander 2016. Yeah, Nick Fitz. Yeah, it's only been in Weatherlight. Like, Weatherlight, the set Weatherlight, way back in the day. Commander, the original Commander set in like 2012, and Commander 16. This yep. is the first time it will be available in foil. Foils Ooh. are going to be bananas expensive for this one. Also new art. Which is nice. I think right now, yeah. Let me double check real quick because I'm, I'm seeing if I'm seeing if it had like a judge printing. I don't. It might have. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, no. Okay. So yeah, this That's is gonna be the first time. Like, I think the foil price is already showing up at like twenty five bucks for this. Makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, hey, you gotta love those niche. Uh, uh, what is it? I don't even know what. Legacy reprint. Uncommon. It's not common. Oh, yeah, it's uncommon printings, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Nick Fit, if you like weird toolbox decks, check into it. There's there's a massive like community that's love, that loves that card. But anyway. It's also not blue, so that makes it like 50% oh. cheaper than the blue decks in Legacy. <laughs> yeah, it's like Abzan colored. So. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway. Yeah. Next card on the list, speaking of white cards, um, is... So they made this card back in the day, called Morphling, and it turned out to be really, really good. And then they removed uh, damage from the stack from the rules, and it was still really good. Uh, and they've made Torchling, and they've made Thornling, and now they've made Brightling. It is one white-white for a 3-3 shapeshifter at Mythic. Uh, by the way, Arena Rector, also a Mythic. Uh, Brightling has four activated abilities. You can pay white to give it Vigilance, you can pay white to give it Lifelink, you can pay white to return it to its owner's hand, and you can pay one generic to give it plus one, minus one, or minus one, plus one until end of turn. And each of the Ling cycle cards have that, you know, change the plus one, plus one, yeah. minus one, or minus one, plus one to either make it defense or be down. And then the other abilities usually give it some sort of evasion, some sort of protection ability, which Brightling does in spades. Granted, Having to bounce it to your hand instead of, like, uh, Etherling or Morphling. Like, Morphling gave it Shroud. Etherling exiled it and then brought it back at the end step. But, but fortunately, this fortunately, Bright, fortunately, Brightling is, unlike the other ones, which are, like, 5 mana, this is a 3 mana card. So, you're not getting super punished on the yeah. return to the hand thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot cool. of people who, for a second, thought this would be modern legal. <laughs> which I think it'd be fine in modern, honestly. But it is a card that 
I'm glad it doesn't have to doesn't see modern. It's not going to be played in modern. It's, it's going to uh, be interesting if yeah, it sees play in legacy. Because we were mentioning RTR block, that was where Aetherling was the control deck finisher because mm-hmm. you basically wait until you can actually play it and hold up a bunch of its abilities. Yep. The same would happen here. You'd be like, all right, wait till you're like five mana, so you can like give it a lifelink to block and maybe plus it up or bounce it back. Yeah, it's just it's dumb. It's crazy. It does a whole bunch of things that are all very powerful. Toolbox. Love it. Yeah. Uh, next is a card that I can only uh, say in the Overwatch uh, phrase. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, like, game. play of the game. <laughs> it is a rare sorcery for six white white, which is a lot of mana. And it says exile all non-land permanents. But it also has the other uh, mechanic in Battlebond, which is Assist, which I think is going to be the most interesting mechanic for Commander. John, let me uh, help you out there. Yeah, help. Ah. help anyway, help so Assist out. Assist is another player may pay up to blank of this spell's cost. So another player may pay up to six of play the game's cost. You have to pay the colored costs, the generic yeah. uh, cost can the- be paid by any other player. So in this case... You might be able to pay four mana, and your your buddy, your partner, can pay four mana, and yeah. then you can tap your like because this is always the thing that people always got confused with originally with two headed giant is that you don't share. Mana oh, points. I can pay. I can, yeah. There's no shared mana pool in two headed giant. This is a neat workaround for that in two headed giant, but also amazing in commander because you can play some politics like a mother in this. Oh yeah. So the rules are a little finicky with this. So, like, let's say that I'm in a four-person game, and I put play the game on the stack. And then I look at Ian, and I go, Ian, would you be willing to pay four of this? And Ian says no. I put play of the game back in my hand, and then I will attempt to recast it, and I will look up to the next person and go, hey, Lindsay, are you willing to pay four for this in order to clear the board? And then if Lindsay agrees, then she would pay, and I would pay, and then the effect would happen. So you can actually, like, announce that you're paying it before you actually pay the ma- like, play it before you pay the mana? So, this gets into this weird thing of how, for example, currently, according to magic rules, it is illegal for you to cast Squee from under Ixalan's Binding, uh, because the first thing you do when casting a spell is you announce it and put it on the stack, and then you pay cost second. Right! Because I get so just bought into the magic online thing of I just float mana, cast the card out of my hand off the mana. So, that's where it gets kind of weird and hinky. Correct. That's where people get confused on the rules. Okay, cool. So, be like, Play the game. I'm attempting to cast play the game. Do you yep. want to help me pay for it? Nope. Up, oh, can't play it. Illegal yeah. or a non-legal uh, action. Yeah. Back it, to the end. It, that does tie into one of my favorite assist cards, which is uh, a blue card. It's out of bounds. It's three and a blue for an instant at uncommon. It's an assist counter spell. It yeah. just counters a target spell, and I think that card is going to be really fun. Basically, any EDH deck that plays blue is going to put this in there. Probably. Well, I, I look at it this way, right? Because now that's how that works. I know that's how the rules work for assist. You can be like, someone plays something and everyone's like, oh, crap. You're like, hold on. Do you want this to resolve? Do you want this to resolve? All right, out of bounds. You want to pay for it? You want to help pay for it? The thing I want to do with out of bounds is I want to put a wrath on the stack. And then I want to look at the person to my left and I go, here's out of bounds. Do you want to counter my, do you want to counter my wrath? That's what I want to do. I want to hold the board, I want to hold the board hostage. What? (laughs) You're evil. You are evil. But yeah, as you can see, we're already like talking about a lot of these cards for EDH, which you know that's the thing. Like, oh, it's EDH playable, lol. lol, lol. But no, these are actually but these are like kind of actually aimed. like impact EDH in a very very impactful way. And it's so cool. I like the play design on this was just amazing for so far for some of these. So those are those two. We mentioned some other uh, partners, right? Yeah. So in, in the example Gavin gave. He might have mentioned some partners, but they're planeswalkers? Yeah, so we have uh, Will and Rowan Kenrith. Uh, They are both legendary planeswalkers. They both cost six mana. They both start with four loyalty. Uh, Their loyalty abilities are each plus two, minus two, and minus eight. Uh, They both say partner with the other, and they both say Rowan and Will Kenrith can be your commanders, which is great. Uh, But they could not be any different, further different from each other. Because Will is a blue planeswalker, four blue blue, uh, plus two until your next turn, up to two target creatures uh, t- have, or the let me, right. until your next turn, up to two target creatures each have base power and toughness, zero three, and lose all abilities. 
Minus two, target player draws two cards. Then until your next turn, target an instant sorcery and planeswalker spells that player casts costs two less. And then minus eight, target player gets an emblem that says when you cast an instant sorcery spell, copy it and choose new targets. Uh, fork on an emblem? Sweet! Yeah. Rowan. Seven. Rowan. Can I get this one? Yeah, go ahead. So Rowan is four red red, four mana, or for four loyalty, legendary planeswalker Rowan. Plus two is during target player's next turn. Each creature that player controls attacks with Abel. So basically goad, right? Basically, uh, goad every creature, yes. Yeah, goad every creature. Uh, minus two, Rowan Kenrith deals three damage to each tapped creature target player controls. So a great way to kind of like give them a gotcha. Or an, and also to basically play and be like, go ahead. Dare you attack with that X3. Yeah, well it has and, to. It's just well, the best well, yeah, part. You, yeah. He goaded it. Oh my god, that's disgusting. I didn't realize that. Alright, cool. And then, Synergy. Hey, And minus yeah. 8, target player gets an emblem. Target player, mind you, gets an emblem with, whenever you activate an ability that isn't a mana ability, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Guess what our, well, Guess what? activated abilities are? Planeswalkers. Yeah. Uh, also, John, I'm going to yeah. call a judge on this one. What's up? Can I say target player, my opponent gets one? And then when they activate it, I get the copy, right? Uh, or do they get it? Oh no, it's you get it. Because yeah, when target it, player gets the, the target emblem. player gets the emblem, so they would choose the new targets. Uh, okay, so Rowan so target my you're, Rowan you're, target you're, my you're, Rowan target my partner. Sure, who has Will, and then Will ultimates, and then they get one. They get they get an emblem, and you get an emblem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, fun lore tidbit: Rowan and Will are the first blonde planeswalkers. Yeah. Crazy enough. It's like, so, wait, what? Really? And everyone's like, yeah. What do you know? Huh. What do we all know? There was a great tweet about um, all the a bunch of the female planeswalkers like Hwatli, Sahili, Tamio, and um, someone else talking about um, where it's like, Rowan told us this is her favorite drink. Is this nutmeg? <laughs> God, yeah, the <laughs> pumpkin spice latte one. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Stereotypes. Stereotypes can can be funny when they are not meant to tear down people. No, but yeah, they are. They also have a couple other cards in the set um, that are great. What's it called? It's a uh, huddle up. Uh, yeah, huddle up. Huddle up's fun. Yeah. So they are also on the um, what's it called? Packs art. Yeah, they're well. both. They're also on the booster packs. Yeah. Uh, speaking of assist cards, um, probably the most haunting art in the entire set is Game Plan. This is weird art. Looks it's great. five and a blue for a rare sorcery with assist, and it says each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library, then draws seven cards, so it's time twister for everybody, and you exile Game Plan. So no recursion for you. But per usual, Seb McKinnon can do these really freaky esoteric, de- freaky deaky ephemeral, arts. yeah, freaky-deaky arts. It's really haunting. Um, Seb and knocked it out of the park. This card's also really powerful. Even if you can't recur it like you can with like Time Twister, it's really freaking powerful. As one of the commenters on Mythic Spoiler, where I pull my card art up for this, is saying it's like Seb McKinnon art? Check. Fits my Locust God deck? Check. Definitely getting this in foil. And my god, this will look amazing in foil. But oh yeah. This is a great way. I mean, we mentioned the other one, uh, play the game with exiling things. Unless somebody has, like, the win con in their hand, I bet you dollars to donuts, if you're at an EDH table, somebody, when you play this for six mana, you're going to be like, hey, you got, you got like, two cards in hand, right? You want you want seven? Mm-hmm. You want to help me pay some mana costs? Oh, Sweet. Yes. Game plan. Oh, yes. Like, what, what player with two cards in hand, unless they have their win combo in hand, are going to turn down seven cards? It's true. Like... And the thing is, you could potentially draw that card again because you got to shuffle. You shuffle the hand in the library, and then you draw the cards. You don't just draw the cards and then shuffle the other two in. Yeah, time twister is a very powerful effect, guys. It's great, and when you can help people pay for it, mm-hmm. think about it. You could pay actual factual time twister mana of two and a blue, and have somebody help you pay for three. Mm-hmm. Get there. It's very powerful. Speaking of very powerful cards, we said that arena rector was very very powerful, right? Would you rather have a four mana creature that has to die and get a planeswalker into play, or would you rather have a three mana blue creature that you can pitch the force of will that can get a, that can get ancestral recall? Yes, because <laughs> spellseeker. Oh my god, it's two and a blue for a one one human wizard at rare. 
Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an instant or sorcery with converted mana cost two or less, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Yeah, so what people are saying is just get momentary blink. That would be very spicy. Yeah. Uh, so people have been calling this Think It Mage. It's like as a play on the old Trinket Mage, which is a two and a blue 2-2, two, two, that when it ETBs, you search your library for an artifact card with convert mana cost one or less, which had the whole Trinket Trophy Mm. Uh, cycle of those things. So this is just grabbing instant sorcery of that similar ability. In uh, uh, EDH, I prefer, oh, I don't know, what were you going to say? I, I prefer it as being part of the cycle of Imperial and Re- Imperial Recruiter and Recruiter of the Guard uh, because it gets it searches something out of your library that keys off of the number two, and it's a one one, uh, and, and it's a one one, and it, it is Ethereal Recruiter. Okay, okay, all right. I like the fact that the magic community is reaching out to both of those kind of cycles. It's kind of cool. However, the thing that I posited on uh, Twitter is, in EDH, you know what this gets? Cyclonic Rift. Gets a reset button. And everyone's like, oh, that's just like bad because then people know about Cyclonic Rift. I'm like, what are you more afraid of? The unknown of Cyclonic Rift or the actual Cyclonic Rift that you know is in somebody's hand? Spoiler alert, it's the one that you know is there. It's yeah. it's it's the one you know is there because you know for a fact that you literally cannot build your board state out past a certain point, or someone should be like, yeah, undo all that. Yeah, it doesn't get a whole bunch of like really busted stuff. Like, sure, it gets ancestral vision, it gets ancestral recall, which which is probably the best thing it could ever get aside from maybe time walk, but that's Sword. contextual. Someone had a list: sword, path, counterspell, terminate, swan song, a lot of the charms, some tutors, packs, stuff like Demon- that. Demonic tutor, vampiric tutor, summoners pact. Um, it gets channel, you know, like there's a lot of really busted things that Spellseeker can get. She's a wizard, and you can play her in the Anala deck, yeah, which is also wizard centric. And when, with Anala, you can copy the ability, or even Nabon. Yeah, but what instance all... are you getting in an Anala deck? I don't know. Win cons. <laughs> what instance are you getting, John? I don't know. I don't play Anala. That's fair. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, but seriously though, like you can play this with like in a wizard centric deck with something like Inala and Nabon and just get like three triggers. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about three uh, reprints real quick before we talk about one more new card that was previewed today. Uh, these are cards that have, well, one of these cards has gotten a reprint, but the other two have not. Um, one of them is Sower of Temptation, two blue blue for a two two fairy wizard with flying. Uh, when it comes to play, you mind control a creature until Sower Temptation leaves the battlefield. Uh, first reprint since uh, Lorwyn. Yep. It's only it, ever printing. Yeah, it's only printing. And it is a cube staple. It's also very powerful in Commander, obviously. Uh, next card is True Name Nemesis. First True printing in name. foil. True Name. <laughs> yeah, first printing in foil. Um, also, like, it's going to be a bajillion dollars, probably. Okay, so quick side note on True Name Nemesis. Yeah. In paper, about a $20 card. Online, about 70 tickets mm. because it was only ever in like the pre the precons that came out in 2013 and I think it had the uh I think it's in the treasure chests. I don't know for sure. I assume it, it is. It did have one legendary the legendary cube treasure chest. The legendary right. cube prize packs. Right, yeah. That's going to be good for weird. for Moto. However, Remember, this set's not necessarily going to hit Magic Online. However, it has some of the people who work on Magic Online have tweeted about the fact that they are looking to get some of these Battlebond cards that will see some Commander play into the treasure chests or another way to get them online. Yeah, don't know, haven't been exactly how, but the fact that they haven't, they have people have said that we are going to get some of these cards. Like you will get to see game plan most likely. You will probably see play the game yeah. on there uh, stuff like the kenrith twin the kenrith siblings are going to be there um regna and krav people that might be commander pairs that you might want to play kind of thing like that you'll see them yeah uh, other reprint is mystic confluence um it's a very powerful card in multiplayer also a very powerful fiery, card fiery confluence or we riot please that card's surprisingly expensive right now yeah it's like thir- almost 20 30 bucks right now it wasn't. It was like one of the cheaper ones, but you can thank Mono Red Prison for that in Legacy. Yeah. It, seriously, it plays four of because the card is just dumb. For four mana, you can hit your opponent for six damage. Okay. 
Sure. Also, you can shatter a bunch of artifacts. You can deal damage to a bunch of creatures. It's power. It's really, really good. Uh, like, next card I want, yeah. Like, it doesn't get rid of True Name Nemesis. It does not do that. That is correct. But, yeah, it's it's yeah. dumb. It's great. Moving on. Uh, ne- next card I want to talk about is Zinder Split's Judgment. <laughs> Zinder Split. Yep. Uh, spelled Z-N-D-R-S-P-L-T. Yes. Uh, which lets you know that uh, this little homunculi in the same thing, in the same vein as Fibblethip, uh, is, is she, uh, she's one of the partner pairs. She's partnered with the um, Okan Eye of Chaos, which is another one, the blue red legendary partner pair. Uh, it's a sorcery that says for each player, choose friend or foe. Uh, each friend creates a token that's a copy of a creature they control, and each foe returns a creature they control to its owner's hand. Um, this card is actually really strange because there's times where you're going to want to name yourself as a foe. Yeah, right. Just yeah, like, I want to bounce this. But it's sorcery speed, unless you have ways to make sorcery speed cards played as instants, which they do exist. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Fun lore fact, according to the flavor text on this, Cindersplit was actually a former official, a judge, yeah. like an actual like referee. And by the way, we didn't mention it for, uh, what was it, uh, Out of Bounds. Like we see in that art, the officials actually wear striped shirts. It's kind of great and I love it. Of course. Also. There are other cards that have, like, goblins that cosplay as their favorite people in the arena, and there's a goblin that's cosplaying as Intersplit, so a goblin cosplaying as a homunculus is just the greatest thing ever. Oh, of course. It's so cool, and I love it. The fl- like yeah. I said, the flavor's amazing with this. Yeah. Uh, next card is that I want to talk about, or we want to talk about, is Stunning Reversal. Ian, what does Stunning Reversal do? Oh, God. Oh, there it is. I was like, oh. Uh, okay, it's here. here. Uh, so Stunning Reversal is a three and a black mythic instant. The next time you would lose the game this turn, instead draw seven cards and your life total becomes one. Exile Stunning Reversal. No shenanigans for you, Stunning Reversal. It's... wow. <laughs> That's a card. Yeah, it... anything that can stop you from losing the game is really powerful. It's, it liter- so- it's literally one is not zero. Yeah, it's so like if this costed one less mana, it could act. They could actually just be broken in older formats. But the fact that it costs four mana, that's a lot of mana in like Legacy. Yeah. Um. The thing with the drawing seven, like tell becoming one, and I, I love that it's draw seven because usually sometimes we see stuff like this where it's like draw three or draw fours. You get to reload completely. But just like the art by Zoltan Boros, which is amazing. They're literally hanging on by their fingertips, and that's what you're doing at one life with a full grip of seven. You can claw yourself back from the brink if you build your deck around the ability to potentially be able to just pull off a stunning reversal and come back from the brink. Oh, yeah. like. And, and by the way, the that's, that draw seven, that's, that's draw seven cards. Yeah, That's not draw mana. and discard. For four mana at instant speed. So it's like, okay, you're done with your turn? Okay, my turn. And you have at least eight cards in hand, if not more. Well, the thing is, it's like, that would be like your opponent, like, you swing out and you can feign the, you know, the alpha attack and, like, be like, oh, crap, I forgot to actually, like, math this out. You guys actually have lethal on me. Oh, man. Got him! Whatever will I do. Lol, got him. But then again, remember, it's the next time. So once you've used up that time, your opponent can still just be like, all right, you're at one, you drew seven cards, bolt you, you're dead. Yeah, it doesn't save you from Storm, sadly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Saves you from lethal damage, though. It does do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, as long as you're able to, like, stave off getting, taking any, like, getting pinged at any point at all by the end, by the time you're able to, like, you know, possibly come back. It's cool, and I think it's an amazing, amazingly cool design. Also, it doesn't stop you from losing the game from your opponents winning the game. It, those don't things, those things don't overlap. Just FYI. Uh, next card that we're going to talk about because, man, there's so many cards we want to talk about, but only so little time. Uh, Najila the Blade Blossom. I probably mispronounced that name. N-A-J-E-L-A. Double E, by the way. Najila? I guess. Uh, she is a tuna red legendary creature human warrior at Mythic. She is a 3-2. Whenever a warrior attacks. Yeah, great stats. Whenever a warrior attacks, you may have its controller create a 1-1 white warrior creature token that's tapped and attacking. Okay. No, it why? doesn't say non-token warrior, so... Why, why, why is it a mythic, though? Oh, it's a mythic because it has an activated ability for Wooberg. Go on. <laughs> uh, untap all attacking creatures. Uh, they gain trample, lifelink, and haste until end of turn. 
And then after this phase, uh, there is an additional combat phase. Activate this ability only during combat. So, if you have a way to cast Wooberg Wooberg, so Wooberg twice, yeah, you you can attack, activate the ability, get another attack step, attack, activate the ability. Three life, three attack phases is pretty good. Oh, and and a nice cheeky little include there is haste until mm-hmm. end of turn because her warrior tokens come in tapped and attacking, so they don't have so haste. When, yes, when you untap it, it technically is still summoning sick. Mm-hmm. Which is a kind of cool little workaround for that, because they could just said they could have said a one-one white warrior with haste, but that's not in white's color pie usually. Usually, no. Uh, also, it is the uh, first five-color warrior tribal card, so now you can play uh, your Anifins the foremost in the same deck as your Alicia who smiles at death, as well as a bunch of other warriors because warriors are awesome. Bold warrior, the intimidator, cowards can't block warriors. Also, oh, in the set, by the way, everyone knows what you are. Dude, uh, this th- this card is dumb, and I love it. Like, she's a f- she's like you know a red commander, but Uber commander. Like, yeah. so many people are freaking out. I know. Uh, she even was loves his warriors. Yes, dude loves his warriors. Uh, speaking speaking of bonkers magic cards, uh, Ian, tell us about Bramble Sovereign. But dang, okay. So Bramble Sovereign, two green green for a four four creature, Dryad at Mythic. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield, just anyone, you may pay one in a green. If you do, that creature's controller creates a token that's a copy of that creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous. Very good. It's it, it's ridiculous and crazy, and there's got to be a way to break it. I mean, do you really want to know? I mean, there's Panharmonicon, but Panharmonicon is always a card. It will forever be in our hearts. Very true. It's also just a four minute four four. It's just really good. Yeah. Even so, if you if you're playing this card in like a green creature kind of toolboxy deck, you can always just wait till like you start casting stuff. You play Bramble Sovereign, and then you start playing like a three drop, and then a four drop. When you're curving out on your, so you start like dropping back down in the mana curve, but start making cop copies of everything you play. Plus, if you have stuff like, uh, what's the not the one that's in the set. Parallel Lives, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, card that is in the set, Doubling Season. Yeah, spoilers, by the way. Like, Doubling Season is in this set. EDH Masters, what up? Like, thank God we got that card again, because that was getting up there. It was like a $50, $60 card. I'm really happy it's getting a reprint. Uh, personal opinion, I don't think the art represents what it is. Oh, I am... 300% with you on that one. I think the art is good. The art the art looks like it was made for a land like it, it looks, looks like, like it was land, made yeah. for a land that is the arena, but then they scrapped the arena card the the card of the competitor arena at Valor's, Valor's Reach and then we're like uh, doubling season where's the art? Yeah, sure, doubling season. It's weird. Question mark? Yeah. Yeah, if if you if you look at the art for the new doubling season, it's that like the key art that they showed the other day i guess not key art anymore but it's the art of the arena with like kind of the promenade leading up to it that's doubling season it's like uh, to be fair to be fair the judge slash uh modern masters one kind of didn't really represent much well, about it season is in and of itself a really weird concept to get across anyway so doubling season by the way for those who aren't aware of the card is four and a green enchantment if an effect would put one or more tokens into play under your control it put twice that many into play instead and if an effect would place one or more counters on permanent you control it places twice that many on permanent instead so uh, if you are using this lovely bramble sovereign and you pay one in a green and you have doubling season out as well you get three you get two. Of it. well i'm saying you get three of it the one you have originally and two tokens you get yeah, sure. You get the one that you played, and then you pay the one in the green, and then you get the copy, and then doubling system makes another copy. Okay. Yeah, you get three of whatever you've just cast for that card's mana plus two. Yeah. Uh, also, this card can't be reprinted in standard because Planeswalkers. Oh. Uh, Wait, right. Original Ravnica came out before Planeswalkers were a thing. It did. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, uh, when you play a Planeswalker with doubling season in play, it enters with twice as much loyalty. However, the loyalty abilities do not double with doubling season because those are costs and those aren't effects. 
which is what doubling season would double. So you could literally, weird, just, you could literally just like ultimate Teferi, right? Yes. That's gross. And he still survives. Uh, new Teferi, yes. Yeah, because it's minus eight, right? Comes in with five. Uh, new Teferi comes in with four. Minus eight, right? It is minus eight, so he would you he would die. But okay, still. so you need you need another effect, but still, I mean, five mana for Teferi's ultimate, sure, okay. Uh, you play Nicol Bolas, you Godfrey, you get to ultimate him immediately. You can play and kill Ugin. You can play and ultimate both Tamios. Yeah, that's gross, and I love it. It's very gross. Double yeah. season does really unfun things in Commander, so play it at your own risk. For you to talk about that one. Well, we're running low on time. We can so just talk about this just, one real quick. Yeah, go ahead and talk about it. So Archon of Valor's Reach, four green and a white for a five six Archon with flying vigilance and trample. So it's got vigilant flample. As it enters the yeah. as it enters the battlefield, choose artifact, enchantment, instant sorcery, or planeswalker. Players can't cast spells of the chosen type. I wonder what format this card would be good in. Uh gross. I've, like, I've seen talk about it being an Oath of Druids targeted vintage. Yeah, people are also like saying like I mean, it's slightly kind of better than Amaria. It just she doesn't hit or Iona. Shield of Maria. Yeah. Like Iona you might name the wrong color. This you can be like, well, I'm playing against Storm, so slam this and it reanimator bill be like, uh, choose sorcery, you can't cash tendrils. GG's. I mean, it depends what you want because another card that I know sees play in some of the type of some of those decks types is like uh, Dragonlord Tomoka, where your opponents can't cast spells on your turn. So it depends. It's contextually I mean, good. I mean, you play that and then you say uh, sorcery, and then like they're literally locked into sorcery instance. <laughs> kind of gross. Oh yeah, it's very powerful. It also locks you out, so be aware of what you're doing when you play it. Yeah, definitely. Don't be like I do this and they cast. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feels bad. But there were also a lot, a lot of other reprints uh, that are for, for Popper, for Commander, for Legacy, for Modern even in the set. Like, So I'm going to rattle off a couple of these because these are ones, if you play, you should know. Spell Snare, you know, your, your simple blue counter CMC mana 2 spell. Cool. Impulse, one in a blue, instant. Look at the top four cards of your library, point in your hand, put the rest in the battlefield in any order. Doom uh, Traveler. Or battle, bottom of your library. Bottom of your library, you said yeah. Yes, yeah, library, wow. You said Doom, tra- Doom Traveler, 1-1 <laughs> one, one for white that, you know, when it dies, you get a spirit token. Works great in those kind of like, uh, what's it called? Uh, aristocrats. Yeah, Aristocrats decks. Fertile Ground, 1 in a green, enchantment aura, enchant land. When it's tapped for mana, it adds 1 mana of any color to the mana pool. We have a lot of crazy mana costs here. I mean, you saw, what's her name? The Najila. Yes. There you go. There's some we way to fix it. Green gets some fixing. Sweet. Swords of Plowshares. Sweet. Peregrine Drake. It's an uncommon, and it's still being a pauper. Stop it. The aforementioned Veteran Explorer. Beast Within. Two in a green instant. Destroy target permanent. It gets a, They get a 3-3 beast out of it, but you can destroy a troublesome thing and just, you know, handle the 3-3 beast. Whatever. Seedborn Muse. This card is like $30, $40 now for some ridiculous reason. Three green green, two four, creature spirit. Untap all permanents you control during each other player's untap step. In EDH, that's four untap steps. That's gross. Is very good. Chain Lightning. A $7 uncommon. It's great. It's a red sorcery. Deals three damage. And if somebody else has red red, they can copy it. Alright, cool. Core Spirit Dancer for you Boggles fans out or Bogles fans out there. Much needed reprint there. Tide Spout Tyrant. Just a ridiculous five black, five blue, 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 five, five flyer. Whenever you play a spell, return target permanent to its owner's hand. That card can get ridiculous quick, right? Yep. Have you played with that one? Which one? The Tide Spout. Oh, I've not played with Tide Spout Tyrant though. It's dumb though. Like it, you're not, you're not looking. I mean, I've seen it hit some lists. It's like uh, what's it called? Show and it's tell. It's usually played, yeah, show and tell, where it's like and bounce your land and bounce your land. <laughs> It's like played a denial strategy. Good GDs. Um, yep. And Lur had a great one. Mycosynth Lattice. Yeah, that card art- hadn't been printed before. <laughs> yeah, like or reprinted, six mana artifact from Darksteel. Darksteel, yes. Yeah, from Darksteel. Only ever printing, by the way. All permanents are artifacts in addition to their other types. All cards that aren't in play, spells and permanents are colorless. Players may spend mana as though we're at mana of any color. Card's ridiculous, and there are so many ways that can be abused. Oh, yeah. 
the fact that like we're getting stuff like this in this set is why people are saying it's EDH Masters. A lot of those cards, yeah, great in certain formats, but they're all just like staples of EDH. Well, maybe not Chain Lightning, but shh, I'll talk about that one. Yeah, there's a the big thing that has has been kind of the running theme for the past few years, and I think you would agree with me on this, is that we have these master sets that come out that are these seven to ten dollar booster products, right? That have really really cool cards, and it's just like okay. And then no one plays with them because the set isn't open a lot because the booster pack prices are much, much higher or double of what they normally are. By the way, a lot of those cards I just mentioned are cards that, yeah, they get, might get a lot of reprints. Like Source of Plowshares gets a ton of reprints. It's still like a 3 to $4 card. Yeah. Spell Snare, $5 card. That's an uncommon. Yeah. Chain Lightning, uncommon $6 card. Like yeah. Beast Within, $3 card at uncommon. But yeah, but then you look at these these draft products. You look at conspiracy. You look at take conspiracy. Take the crown. You look at battle bond. These are booster products being sold at regular price, and everyone's in love with them because sure there are the high highs like commander of because take the crown. It had show and tell and had berserk and had a bunch of other stuff. This uh, you this how sketch. could you forget? How could you forget Leovold? I was talking about reprints, but oh anyways. reprints. Oh yeah, <laughs> and this set has like true name nemesis, right? And this this set's going to make more true name nemesises. Then, nemeses. Nemeses. Then Masters 25 would make Jaces. Be- yeah. Solely because Masters, because the Master sets have a limited print run. Even if they aren't a huge print run, they have a limited print run, whereas these sets, Battle Bond and Conspiracy, have much, much wider ranging implications because you can draft these so much easier. And what's great about some stuff like True Name Nemesis is we get foil printings of some of these cards that have only ever seen play in these commander decks or pre-printed in these commander sets and stuff like yeah. that so like gavin did another tweet did a twitter thread where it's like i couldn't we couldn't we can't put trinity nemesis in masters 25 we can't put it in eternal masters it's too format warping and it but and it's just set, and it's straight busted in something like a conspiracy set well in a conspiracy set it's it's worse like they, you can print this in this set because and like in this kind of oh yeah because you only well have one conspiracy because you have multiple opponents and so its power level is much worse like i have read the because i think a few years ago aaron forsyth who i think was one one of the people who designed this card was like if i had to change this card it would say it would be game protection from all players except the named person because huh. like it says like when it comes to play name an opponent and then you cho- and then he gets protection from all other players Oh As yeah, it would see this literally no. It would see literally no play because in a one v one game, it would just be it would have no, it would have protection from no one, and it should be a three so, three, three one it, or a three one. Yeah, so yeah. it's a very very spicy card that is very powerful as written in one on one formats, and so they can't put it in a master set. I mean, can, to, to and, be one hundred percent fair, Trune Nemesis was a mistake. <laughs> in in many ways, Trune Nemesis, like to, to under like I understand why it was printed in the set that it was. But uh, they done goofed yeah. a little bit. It's one of those like before they really were look like it was printed in a time where they weren't like really, really kind of focused at what they on were doing. like like oh is this card straight busted in an older format where it's one on one? Yeah. Like, Anyways, m- mentioning like Highlander, I play on my Highlander deck because against isn't it like, pointed? It is. It's pointed. <laughs> it's one point. Yeah, I think yeah, one point. But it's a card where in one on one formats like that. Some decks have literally no answer to that card other than I have to beat you before this card beats me. Yep. But I'm looking forward to Battle Bond. Um, trying to see my schedule, see if Lindsay and I can swing that two, uh, two-headed giant thing. My dad's going to be in town, I think, that weekend. So that'll be interesting to see if I can swing it. Like, Dad, how do you want to play Magic? No, I'll figure it out. If yep. not, I'm going to get a box and we'll play some friends before I leave the area here. Or, hell, I'm going to Vegas, so... You'll find friends in Vegas, or if not, you'll make some. Oh, I have have friends in Vegas. (laughs) You won't be there, unfortunately. But no, I won't. There will be other people to play with. There will definitely be other people for you to play with. Anyways, Ian, it's about that time. Yeah. If people, if people want to find you on these social medias, where can they do so? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D I X O N I J. And you guys can find me on Twitch at Twitch.tv/dix. Side note, and I keep saying this: I'll be streaming. I'll be streaming. I'm not going to – if I stream between now and, say, the middle of July, that's going to be cool. But I have a giant move coming up, and the more I'm looking at my schedule, I realize that there's just really no time for me to stream. So, unfortunately, I have to shelve that until I move, get a new place, get settled in, and then I'll be hitting it hard back on that. But I'll still be 
tell me my Twitch handle because sure, give a follow this the channel and I might stream and it'll be fun. John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on uh, Twitter at jwiley129. That's jwiley129. I'm also on Twitch at the same handle. So if you see me in a chat room, don't hesitate to say hi. Um, you may have noticed there's a stop to YouTube videos I've been putting on to my YouTube channel, aside from the podcast ones. Uh, that's because Moto decided to die on me the other day, and I haven't gotten a response from from Wizards as to why. Wait, like uh, straight dead? Uh, it will not load. What? Yeah. Like, you've uninstalled it, reinstalled it? Yeah, won't, won't work. Oh. Oh, honey. Yeah. I'm going to send another support ticket tomorrow, but... <laughs> Or you I'll might have, you might have to like on, you might have Twitter. to do some reg- registry edits and stuff. Maybe we'll see. Ugh. But uh, if you want to catch that stuff, you can find uh, some of my YouTube stuff on at YouTube under the uh, username Well of John, where also the uh, YouTube versions of this podcast go up. Um, now, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so in two ways. You can find us on Twitter at Eyes and the Mice, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at Eyes and the Mice at gmail We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.